Visit us online at privatesweetmag.com to check out the latest issue and to connect with us on all of your favorite social media websites. All right, so we are back in the suite. I'm joined here this week by uh, Uriel. Uh, Matt has the day off. He hey. he had to go take his testosterone in for some service today. I hate when that happens. So um, it's just Uriel and I here right now. Uriel, how are you doing today? I'm pretty well. I'm just like listening to a lot of uh, Blood Rave recently, kind of getting back on him. He started out as sort of this vapor meme guy, but I kind of like how he's progressing into something a bit more legit, even by vaporwave standards. Nice, nice. So we have one topic today. We have we're this is this is the flap cast. Now we're going to be talking about flap. Do you know anything about flap? Uh, not really. I know it's based on Flappy Bird to an extent. You know that game that uh, Dong the Wind made that he pulled down. Yeah. I don't know anything about flap. I'm not familiar <sighs> with it. I, I so I don't know how we're going to talk about it personally. Um, so that's why we brought in a flap expert today we have Ooh. we have sheep from private suite magazine here to talk about flap sheep how you doing hi how are you doing i'm pretty good <laughs> we're, we're doing great we're thanks thanks uh for joining us here and and being the expert for the day um you know we we hear about new trends at private suite all the time we hear about new stuff going on we we want to have our ear to the ground with what's happening in the scene that's not to say that everyone can actually be an expert on everything. And, and I'm certainly not on this case. I know, you know, Uriel isn't the most well-versed on it. So you've, you've been, you, you've kind of been involved with the flat movement or, or aware of the flat movement since its inception a few weeks ago. Can you kind of just give us a little bit of a background on, on what it is or what's going on with it? Yeah, sure. So um, essentially it, it's grown really quickly and it's from the outside in looks like it's about creating music for the sake of creating it. Um, it seems to be about giving artists the freedom to just produce music without worrying about how it's going to be received by anybody else. Cool. For me, I mean, I've, I've gone and listened to it um, a little bit, you know, here and there to try to, to understand it. And I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't get it. It's just, it's, it's so different than what, I think what we're normally used to, and I think a lot of people have that same question with what it is and what what the goal is behind it. For us to better understand that, we are we do have a a guest here today, another guest here today to talk about Flap and and their their music here. So we are going to be speaking with M, also known as Dream Catalog, also known as Hong Kong Express. Uh, I'm sure you've seen, heard their work on uh, Bandcamp, on Twitter, and very big name in the vaporwave community. So we're gonna we're gonna sit down and talk with them, and kind of hear what they have to say about flap and and music in in general. So here we go. All right. So joining us here in the suite today, we have flap recording artist M. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm uh, quite well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us here today. Um, so you've basically been the, you've been at the forefront of the flap movement and 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 the the whole flap genre within within vaporwave. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into music production, how you got into vaporwave in general, and then we'll we'll get into more of the flap stuff, you know, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I've been like creating music since about the year two thousand. I think I started. So I guess like coming on almost twenty years now. Um, that was when I was like a like a kid. Um, like I pretty much started making stuff on a, a PlayStation game called Music Two Thousand, um, and then wow. I sort of like yeah yeah I sort of uh, got a little bit more serious a couple of years after that when I got uh, a program called Sony Acid, and then about okay. another two years after that, about which would have been like two thousand and five or so, I got a uh, I got Reason, which is when I got really serious, and then I've just been like. Uh, making music like properly ever since then um but i didn't really like uh gain any uh success with it until um like dream catalog and such and uh hong kong express and all that yeah it's, it, at that point when you first started it was more or less just a more of a hobby more of a, a personal yeah. project 
for you. It 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 was yeah, but like I also always um I always like had this self belief that I'd sort of uh, make a career out of it one day um which I which like I have now fortunately um but like for some reason I always just like knew back then that that it was like what I was like going to do what you were born to do older. what you were yeah essentially yeah, your yeah. purpose in life yeah in some ways yeah um but yeah for some reason it just like always stuck with me like because as a person i've always gone through like phases of different interests in my life yeah. um i think that's you can people can it's pretty, pretty see normal my yeah music. <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like I, i'm like pretty much all over the place in that regard but music is i guess like the one thing that sticks with me constantly um what did you what kind of music were you making when you when you first started you know throughout you know throughout your progression up from, oh, from the first um, from the first playstation game to yeah now you know how did how what was the progression of your music so as a kid that i really liked um like house and trance music so i started out like copying that and trying to like emulate that in a sense and just making i guess like weird versions because i didn't really understand how it all worked um so i was sort of like making weird non-house house music if that makes sense um anti-house music yeah in, in some ways yeah. i guess i guess i could uh if I could find the old files, I could sort of re-release it as deconstructed club music, as they call it these days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh yeah, or hard vapor even. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've I've always had like a really eclectic music taste uh, ever since I was younger. Like I liked a lot of um, even when I was a kid. Like I liked like a lot of rock and metal and stuff, but I also like dance music and rap music and stuff like that so um a lot of like my uh progression within music has just basically been like trying to emulate other styles then like i suppose like riffing on them a little bit and making my own thing within that space um but i guess like the main thing that always like was a glue for all that was basically like electronic music um that's sort of like my bread and butter i suppose okay now you've you grew up in in europe yeah, you know, compared to you know, are, are there any specific, I guess, like local, you know, music styles or trends, you know, from from over in the UK and Europe, you know, compared to the stuff in the yeah. US or elsewhere in the world that you may take from, or do you kind of just take from whatever you, you know, whatever interests you? Well, especially when I was a kid, like I guess, like the like back then before like the internet was big um i guess the music you heard was like whatever was around um in your local area and such so in that regard like my mum um used to listen to like a lot of uh, garage music and stuff and that definitely rubbed off on me um and like like house music and stuff like that um that was like during the 90s so that obviously had some influence on me but like obviously as i got older uh like started buying my own music and doing my own research and stuff like i just started looking all over the place so um like i like as a teenager i was really big into like rock music and indie music and uh post rock and stuff like that and as uh, i think you're supposed to be you're supposed to go through yeah, that period yeah. where you're into that kind of stuff yeah yeah i suppose that, like any music fans definitely gonna have that period in their yeah, teen years yeah. um yeah, and then then like I I started learning guitar from there and so on, um, and I guess I just progressed from there. So, but yeah, like um, in regards to like local music and stuff, um, it's funny in the UK, like a lot of people automatically assume that like dubstep and drum and bass and all that stuff is big like all over the UK because I guess that's what you hear in America. But the truth of like uh UK music is that it's like really um. It's really different depending on region even though it's like such a small country um the like the culture of the different cities and regions and stuff like really varies so like like stuff like dubstep and jungle and drum and bass wasn't big in liverpool which is where i'm from um ah yeah so um look like oh, oh my end of the woods it, like it was a lot more like stuff like it's called Scouse House. It was really popular back when I was a teenager. It was just like stupid. Um, I get it's almost it's pretty much like a precursor to nightcore in a sense. Uh, that if if you want to try and like imagine it, but it's I get you about as shit as nightcore. So <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned the 
you know, the preconceived notions that some people have about various music in, in certain regions, you know, I think you know, at least, you know, us being in the U S there's definitely like, I can picture walking into like, this like dark German, like nightclub and having like Romstein blasting or some <laughs> kind of like, you know, loud electronic hard music playing. And that's just any movie, you know, that that's features. Yeah, that. yeah. It, it, it's built that, that notion. So it's interesting that you mentioned that when, yeah, like um, I, I don't think you'd ever expect to hear Ramstein or Ramstein in um, any clubs at all, unless it was like a proper um, like goth metal type club yeah. that would play this stuff. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, like if you go to um, like Berlin and Germany, that's where like all the big nightclubs are, like techno nightclubs and stuff. But um, like where you get that kind of booming music as such, but it's um, like it's a like a really like elitist uh, and trendy type of culture, which is like vastly different to um, like other cities in Europe and such. So, yeah. Well, in America, there's like a lot of um, not a lot of electronic music that's getting popular until just recently. It was all about bands and like organic instruments. There's a huge sentiment about that. Is that really present in England at all? It, it used to be, um, especially when I was like in my teenage years and like my late teenage years, like like life bands and such was like really massive because that's where you that's when you had like um, like all the indie stuff blowing up, um, you know stuff like uh, the Libertines, uh, Franz Ferdinand, and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, that that Oasis was huge. Oasis and whatnot, yeah. Uh, I think Oasis was a little bit before that, but, but yeah, but like that, like that was definitely like a continuation of like the Oasis era, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. like, like the Britpop era. So exactly, I guess yeah. So I guess from like probably from like the eighties up till about the mid two thousands, like um, but especially that like early period in the in the early two thousands, um, like like live live shows and like live bands was like massive. Like you could like every every other night there was like you know bands playing all over the place um like these days like a lot of shows are just like um laptop gigs and shit like that and uh like ba bands in particular don't really have big followings as such and like you don't really see much um hype about them anywhere unless it's like you know stadium rock type stuff which is just like <laughs> run of the mill um pop music know. or you know. yeah yeah pretty much yeah um Hold-overs. What sorry, like uh, holdovers, like the Rolling Stones, like they're not oh, gonna right, have right. more hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you get the odd, you get the like. I guess you get the odd band that comes out here and there that like gets that kind of success, like um, stuff that's been around for fifty years. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about you know we're we're a vaporwave podcast. Let's let's talk about how you got into the the vaporwave scene a little bit. Yeah, you know, when, sure, when did yeah. you really feel? You kind of, or when did you discover it? When did you you start getting into it? So in about two thousand and thirteen, um, uh, Halo Acid, who's like my long time friend, um, like well way before Dream Catalog and Vaporwave and stuff, um, he started sending me um links to like stuff like um Macintosh Plus and Internet Club. Uh, that was like early two thousand and thirteen. Um, the gateway drugs. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, but like. When I first heard that stuff, I just sort of thought it was a practical joke, and I didn't really get it at all. Um, so I, I, I sort of like went away from it for a few months, and then um, he started like he, he kept going on to me saying like you know it was like all it was like legit and stuff, and um, then he started linking me stuff like um, Telepath, uh, Vincent Remember, Luxury Elite, uh, Blank Banshee, and stuff like that, Echo Virtual, Eco Virtual, whatever it is. Um, and then, like, I started really getting it then, because, um, like, I guess that stuff was, like, a little bit more um, musically advanced, but also, um, like, what I started to understand was it wasn't necessarily so much about the music itself, but, um, like, the aesthetic played, like, a really huge part of it in, like, sort of bringing this atmosphere to life. So, I guess back then, like, the big thing with Vaporwave was mainly, like, focused around... Um, music videos and soundcloud and stuff it was like really really mysterious then like nobody knew who anyone was um like the way you have this twitter culture today like that was just like non-existent back then um so it was like it was really like weird um and that sort of like surrealness uh 
and the anonymity and such like all came together to create this really like weird aesthetic that um i found like really appealing as someone who's always like been into cyberpunk and that kind of stuff um it was pretty much like a natural progression of like what i'm interested in now you started making vaporwave under which name what was your first entry into it uh hong kong express i started okay. making that at the end of 2013 um and then like me and halo acid had talked about opening a record label together like for ages before um we even got into vaporwave and we always talked about this idea of like dream music um which is sort of like what dream catalog eventually became to be um but like what i saw in vaporwave was essentially like um some surreal manifestation of a lot of the ideas that we'd been talking about in some ways so i guess we sort of like tapped into the scene with that but like sort of took it took it in our own direction as well um but halo acid didn't like join join me for like the um like the creation of it and stuff even though he was um meant to at first um but yeah so like i i pretty much like run dream catalog on my own for um since the beginning but like obviously like telepath came in early on um and like he and i uh i guess went on from there to do everything that we've done yeah i think it's interesting in vaporwave it's 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 i think a lot more common than other genres where people you know come in with one name and then they rather than pivot the actual name of an artist and actually try to change the sound it's you just that artist just doesn't exist anymore that artist is always going to be that one sound and then that's it and then if you have a new sound or new something different you you have a new name you have a new new identity yeah like make a new it. alias yeah yeah i think um the reason for that is um the artist's name plays so much a part of the like cultivating the aesthetic and like uh, the artistic side of things um you know it makes sense to like make different names for different projects and like for someone like me who makes like all sorts of different music um like i'm just like one of those type of people who never runs out of ideas basically um <laughs> that's why i've had like i don't know i've lost counts but it must be like probably like a hundred different identities at this point <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> it, would be, different it would be weird at this point to even think of you know like i'm gonna get a bell every time we mention this here but it's you know like seeing another mac plus album that sounded different than floral shop like it to me like that's like that is the sound and that's it it can never be different and and that's it and i yeah. think even she yeah. realized that and and she has a different identity you know beyond that so yeah like like factory definitely um she she's definitely someone who um like had this idea of like using like the projection of the aesthetic of the whole um album as part of the art and that's definitely like uh, a way that i've approached it as well um like especially with like um i guess like the most prominent examples for me are like hong kong express and sweet one for um they they like cultivate that the the aesthetic that surrounds the music um um and like without 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 that aesthetic and you can say this about like any vaporwave it's just you know it's just um music and the music can be good or bad um like but without the aesthetic it's uh Empty. you know it's like it's missing yeah, something. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and i think i think um I think why that's like really interesting to me is because like it's my belief that um music is sort of like an objective discovery of human beings and and I feel like we've like really come to the end like we're pretty much at the 99.9% like discovery process of music now so like the idea of music now is that it's sort of like a tool that we can use like such as paint or clay uh, to create art it's like a, it's like an immaterial substance. So, in that sense, like <clears throat> vaporwave to me isn't necessarily a music genre. It's more, it's perhaps more of an art movement in that sense. But in the in the same vein, like like I also don't like consider like everything that I've made to be vaporwave. Whereas like some people would say, like there's the whole debate like is two eight one four vaporwave or not. But like ultimately, it doesn't really matter so much. It's like for you, it's art yeah you know, yeah that's it exactly right yeah yeah you can call it whatever you want you can treat it however you want as long as it's 
serving its purpose and making you think, making you feel something, making you engage right, with it yeah, in some yeah. way, it's successful. Yeah, yeah. And I I understand like the necessity to have these sort of names like Vaporwave or Hard Vapor or even Flop in that sense, like because they the sort of like I like cultural identifiers that people sort of like rally around. Um so I Particular do get that genre, aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So I do get that aspect of it, but also like I don't like thinking those terms when I'm creating stuff. I mean, like I have like created albums that are specifically intended to be vaporwave, especially like the really early dream catalog stuff that I did, such as Hong Kong Express. Um that was like intended to riff off the whole vaporwave vibe and just sort of take it in my own direction. Um but like I haven't really considered Vaporwave uh to be like something that I actively do for like years really. And that's you make it. music, if it happens to fall in that category, so be it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. Cool. So let's speaking of, of flap and then the reason why we're we're really talking today. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have, so I, I mean, I will be the first to say, as I said it before, I, I, I'm, I am not familiar with the flap movement in any yeah. way, shape or form. It, it, to me, it kind of just, it popped up recently, very recently. And I, I was just, I, I was not aware of what it was or, or wasn't familiar with it. Sheep, who's here with us, you know, she's, in my opinion, the, the resident private suite flap expert. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Come <laughs> title. Yeah, is she, exactly. Is she the one who's been posting like the flap stuff on the Twitter page? Then I'm I'm sure she's had a hand in in yeah. doing so and <laughs> anything related. To that. No, so. that's not me. I just um I don't have any part of the outreach really. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let let what is flap? You know what I I asked this to Pat on the last episode. You know how do you, you know how do you describe vaporwave? I'm going to ask you the same thing. How do you describe flap? If someone asked you that is not familiar with it, how would you describe it? uh that's like a tricky question because as soon as like i answer as soon as i give like a rigid answer it's sort of like it's um, gonna change yeah it's yeah it's it like solidifies it too much and that like part of like the beauty of it so far is that um it has it's like sort of undefinable better way to phrase that is like what what are you trying to achieve with this flat movement I don't think I'm trying to achieve anything really apart from, I guess, uh, experimenting with ideas. Um, uh, let me just think about it for a moment. So I guess like, go ahead. Go on. No, I was just saying we were, I was just talking with sheep earlier. Um, and, and she had just found an album, you know, kind of digging through band cap, band camp, band camp, band band camp. camp. <laughs> it's like the place where everyone gets all their music. from. It was uh milk empire. By do you have it up right uh, now? Yeah, let me pull it back up one second. Um, it's on page two. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like a flop album? Well, it's it's interesting. It's 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 not a flap album. It was actually it was released back in 2015. Um, but some of the the elements and some of the um, just the sound for it kind of calls back to it you know it, it it has very similar sounds to it milk empire milk empire uh, host and mr yacht that's that's a good place for me to um uh start actually so like i was saying a moment ago um i don't believe that there's much left to do in music in regards to, like discovery and innovation um like it's it's my personal belief that music is like an object of discovery uh, that's external to humans. It's not a creation of humans. Like I, I believe it's something that exists objectively within the universe itself. Um, and I, I consider it like an intelligent language beyond um, like human creation in the sense that, in the sense that it can be um, harnessed to communicate uh, emotion and other other feelings that um like words can't essentially so in that sense i feel like as a species we've pretty much completed music as a task and and now like the point of music is to use it in other forms of art so vaporwave like was a like sort of an early realization of this in a sense uh which house would probably be like an earlier one um because Witch House, in a sense, wasn't like particularly innovative in a musical sense. It was more 
it was more about subverting the aesthetic of like pre-existing music um and then sort of taking it into a new light and then vaporwave was like like a more um a more advanced version of that in some ways and then like hard vapor was sort of like a continuation of that trend um so i sort of view flap within the lineage of that kind of thing um again it's like the like musically it's not particularly innovative like a lot of it is um it's like calling on like ideas from like trap music dancehall uh reggae um and then it's sort of like bringing like um like harder sounds and the uh with like the use of like saturation distortion auto tune um it's like really lazy as well it's uh it's really raw sounding <laughs> so it's got like <laughs> it's got like a punk element to it in that sense um so it sort of like brings about all these different styles um musically but i suppose what's different about it is um it's subverting the aesthetic of those styles and bringing it into like a new form but that's like really it's like really early days in that sense at the moment um and there's sort of like this culture surrounding it and it's not something i'm particularly like trying to harness the culture it's like something i'm I'm more observing than um like actively pursuing in a sense um so that's why i said earlier like i don't really have particular goals with it like i'm just sort of enjoying the ride so to speak and like watching other people like take the idea for themselves um and like advance it into different areas and such yeah it's from from what I know about it, it seems like it's advanced pretty quickly. Um, you know, sheep, you're, yeah. you're in the 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 flap group chat, uh, and you kind of have your ear to the ground with with what's happening in this genre. And it's really just over the past few weeks, it's just kind of taken off, and all this quite a few albums have come out, um, and lots of experimentation yeah. happened with it. Right. Just last night, um, there was an album that came out on uh, the print, actually. Um, like what was his name it was king steve oh king steve yeah yeah yeah. and i was listening to that this morning and actually really enjoying that (laughs) yeah yeah it was uh it was like um a surprisingly good album that to be honest i wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was but like yeah um props to king steve for putting that one out and like um making something of it well so um last night a compilation album came out on uh, a flap one as well so you know, like if we're already at the stage with Flap where like multiple albums are coming out a day, it's like surpassed Hard Vapor in terms of activity. Because, like, you know, <laughs> I think like Hard Vapor, like I don't even see anything happening with that anymore um, unless like something drops on HVRF or Antifur randomly. With how Flap is kind of moving at such a rapid pace and how it's how it's evolving so quickly how far do you think it's really going to go or how long how what kind of longevity do you, do you feel this this type of, of subgenre really has well firstly i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a subgenre as such um, okay. because I, I wouldn't i wouldn't classify it as like a subgenre of anything like it's sort of its own thing that's arisen um out of like I guess it started with um, my Martin Smith albums last year, um, which was sort of born out of a state of lunacy, in a sense. Um, (laughs) um, To put it bluntly, anyway. But um, then it's sort sort of advanced a little bit towards the end of last year um, when um, Shima and I were doing a podcast um, and we started riffing on the idea of Flap together. Like, like we do a podcast on the Dream Catalog YouTube channel, um, like semi regularly. Um and like a lot of our episodes on there just end up talking about flap. Uh we can like go for like an hour or two at a time sometimes. Um so a lot of I guess a lot of the culture of it sort of was sort of born out of there uh, in the last few weeks anyway. Um there's like a lot of other people involved as well that have like really pushed it. Um like uh lord muir has been like a huge proponent of it um and there was also uh the album raccoon town that came out on hvrf that was like uh that was like a big burst of energy for the flap cultural movement as such um and ever since then there's been like just rapidly increasing like albums and singles and stuff coming out like 
I think there's like four, like maybe four or five flap record labels at the moment. Um, <laughs> some are it's pretty some impressive are, for such yeah, a, yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. So like yeah. that's the thing. Like, is it like the question is, is it gonna like burn out within the next few weeks, or is it gonna keep going? You know, till like till it gets to a stage where it's as like you know as big as, or if not bigger than something like vaporwave. Um, I mean, like. Like I've got no idea um what the future holds in that sense, but I'm I haven't really got much um I haven't really got much emotional stake in whether it gets big or not either. Like it's just something to enjoy. It's, it's for done me. for you what you've needed it to do and Yeah. Whatever yeah, happens like, I mean, happens beyond that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I sort of still enjoy making it from time to time, but it's like something casual for me. It's not, you know, it's not like a like a really serious thing for me. But now, there where... is like yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to finish off by, by saying, like, um, I do believe it can be like something that becomes like really serious over time, and uh, like th there's definitely the energy uh, for it to for it to evolve in that capacity, um, regardless of like what people think of it or mm -hmm. not at the moment. Um, but yeah, cool. Where does where does the the des the des where does the designation flat come from? Oh, I don't like the word flap. So, it's just just a um, like I could probably go off on like some kind of esoteric uh, rant about the philosophical <laughs> aspects of flap right now, but just um, for for a historical and for for the, for the sake of posterity, um, uh, how it how it sort of came about was um, last year, um. I was sort of having like a little bit of a mini breakdown, uh, which took place on Twitter. Um, it was sort of just after the whole uh, Henry Moonchild uh, era, which was a uh, that itself wasn't necessarily like me in the greatest state of mind. Uh, but yeah, like I sort of had like a little bit of a breakdown and created this Martin Smith character on Twitter using the old um, the old uh, chess master Twitter account. Um, so like. So like the the idea at the time was like Martin Smith was like the next evolution of Chess Master. Um, uh, I mean it's sort of hard to explain that in like rational terms, but <laughs> it is where it is. But anyway, um, this Martin Smith character was born out of that. Um, and what what I did was um, I tweeted the word Flappy Bird over and over, probably like a thousand times, and then I just kept mutating it, so it was like. Flappy Bird, Flappy Bird, then like Flappy Jar, Flappy Jehovah, and so on. Um, <laughs> just like, just non-stop, and like getting into sort of like a trance to the point where all I could literally type was the like the word Flappy, and then like a word after it, or whatever. And it was essentially like a really surreal and deep meditation. Um, and like, I just kept going with it to the point uh, that it sort of aligned itself with the music that I was making at that time too, which would have been um, The Book of Life by Martin Smith, and uh, that came out on Antifa around the same time. So it sort of just merged together, the two things from the... Um... But then, like, what in the past few weeks, how, th how that has sort of evolved into something a bit more uh, solid is that this is probably making me sound completely insane, but... Um... <laughs> Everyone's a little insane. It doesn't. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> no, no shame, man. How that's evolved in the past few weeks is, um, like I guess we like it started with me and Shima on the podcast, as I mentioned, but it's sort of gone from the for uh people like uh Lord Mew have got like really involved, like um, like I did the podcast with him on his um Swaggy Cast uh, podcast called the uh, the Dow of Flap, which was like a three hour um rumination on flap philosophy um so from the from there we've sort of like uh built a whole philosophical aspect around it as well which has merged into the culture um but that you know even even that's like not rigid itself there's like it's sort of like open to change and like it mutates every day so for example um we'll say like we we flap and we glide uh as as not to crash but if we do crash we just click restart game and go again so like the idea of that is to take like a phoenix like approach to life where it's essentially like the never give up mantra um 
it's sort of like you know positive thinking and looking straight ahead um there's like a there's like um a buddhist um like quote which is like um i think it's by like a like a buddhist monk called lao tzu or something um and like the quote goes as something like um if you're depressed uh you're too busy thinking about the past um if you're anxious you're too busy thinking about the future um so the idea is to be to be present at all times and that's sort of like tied into the idea of flap and like the game flappy bird where like you're always present in the sense that you're just jumping through pipes and that's life you know what <laughs> happens you're just starting over right yeah yeah Graphic. so it's sort of like it, it's almost like the exact opposite of dream music because it's like present like being in the moment type thing so it's sort of surreal in that sense it's like an anti-ambient kind of movement you're you you don't yeah. want it to kind of just exist so you can kind of right um, you know you you want to be acutely aware of what's happening and, and listening to it right yeah so like like the idea with dream music is sort of like with dream catalog like my my whole idea with it is like the idea of like creating these um sort of like textured narratives with music and art that you can sort of lose yourself in just like a dream um and in that sense it's like not being present like you're losing because you're like you're losing yourself within a dream um whereas like flap like it's the complete opposite so like musically yes. it's the opposite as well it's, so. it's the two sides of of life dream dream catalog and flap or, or <laughs> dream catalog and m or you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one is your your existence while you're sleeping, and then the other existence is while you're awake and present in the real world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting, and and it's interesting you mentioned the whole the evolution of of like your Twitter and and you know your Twitter feed. It's an extremely interesting feed. You know, it, it's I think we were all kind of curious to see because none of us had ever you know we'd never spoken before today before we we were doing this interview. No one kind of knew what to expect with it. Yeah. But you know the the way you you interact on Twitter, it, it's extremely interesting, and it makes sense with the description you gave of what the music is trying to accomplish, and 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 how you go about working and everything. It all ties in very, very yeah. nicely together. So like Twitter's weird to me. Um, I don't really view Twitter as like a social media site or a tool of communication. I view it as sort of like a new method of art. Um, so what I mean by that is um like this sort of ties into what I was talking about earlier about how I feel like music is completed as a task. Um I also feel that things like um like drawing and art and painting and digital art and all that stuff, um, film, photo photography, all that kind of stuff has really been like refined and mastered to a point now where there's not much room for evolution. Um and that ties in with like how we've sort of like mastered music in that sense as a species too. But the one thing we haven't mastered is um writing because the difference of writing is that uh writing is actually a subjective creation of humans, whereas all these other things are sort of like objective in the sense that like like they're like sort of like what you can sense. So like obviously like uh like a picture is like something you can see and then music is something that you can hear. Like all these all these kind of like like stimuli or um like aesthetic that is like inherent within the universe itself. Whereas whereas music sorry, whereas whereas with writing, it's uh something that uh like human beings have created and as such it requires context and understanding and learning like if you if you were an alien and you hear the piece of music or you saw like a, a painting that a human had created you would sort of understand that on some level because you would understand the context within the universe whereas, it's like a universal unspoken language that anyone right, can exactly, understand yeah right yeah so whereas with writing you have to first understand the context by learning language so in that sense, uh, writing is infinite in the sense that we can take it like anywhere we want to. So, so for example, like we're still evolving writing like every day, um, and like tweeting is sort of like a like a method of that. Like it's a brand new method of art in that sense. Um, so, 
like a lot of stuff on Twitter is like sort of like ex experimental writing in that way. Um, and that can even include stuff like you know using like hashtags and emojis and all that kind of stuff. Like that's incorporating new methods of language within within our writing. And in that same sense, we can then we can then actually incorporate music, pictures, video, and stuff into writing. So, for example, I could post like a like a tweet of a picture and include like uh like like a line of prose of it on a hashtag, and that would all come together to form like a single piece of like micro art in a sense, um, which is sort of like. And another interesting thing to add on to all of this is, um, and this ties into like all the like 5G, 8G, 12G stuff that I've been tweeting lately. Um, this idea of um, like the fact we can make art so fast now because the tools are so like easily available to us. So like Vaporwave was like a, like an like a like a an early realization of that in the sense that people were just taking over people's music and slowing it down and like painting a whole new context of it in that same sense like i can take a picture like that leonardo da vinci for example painted 500 years ago um i can like post that on twitter i can like write a piece of text of it and then i've transformed that into a new piece of art in like seconds and like expressed something with it so the fact that anyone can do this and it's like really easy to do it it's sort of like creating this system of like this new system of reality where like art is constant and it's rapid and, and, and everyone's doing it constantly to the point that we're almost becoming art ourselves um and like be, because of that we don't have as much time you know to sit down and like as like a mass culture um i suppose like digest the like a work of art simultaneously like the way we used to as a species um so for example like charles dickens would was like really widely read in the 1800s in england like everybody would have read charles dickens or at least like heard somebody reading it to them um whereas now like that kind of thing is like really few and far between um and it's getting to a point now where it's be it's like these kind of things are becoming so sporadic and so rapid that we don't really have time to like digest art in the same way to the point that it's turning like our reality into art if that makes sense yeah no, that totally. was a... <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense actually I i'm reminded of a quote by like alan moore i'm probably going to butcher it in the sense of uh the verbiage but he said that art is basically a lot like magic in that it affects the natural world throughout human through the human vector, or at least vice versa. Um, what 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 does that mean exactly? Basically, Alan Moore was talking about how he saw his like his black magic work as similar to art. He saw it as interpreting something inherent to the universe, alongside urging it into um. Uh, his own creation or rather understanding or creating in like the same terms i'm really butchering <laughs> i'm really sorry yeah, i think but... i sort of get what you mean anyway yeah but yeah yeah like um it's almost like a realization of such as such that like like our our entire lives are just this like long interweaving epic aesthetic narratives in a sense um and like it's like it's really surreal if you like remove all all your like subjective emotion from that and take a step back and sort of look at it all um just to realize like how surreal that like life is just this tapestry of art that's constantly ongoing um but it's like so it's so much more realized now with like the internet and such that uh we're creating like this hive mind almost of like continuous art um, yeah and people are also just like so accessible to other people like you never really know like how you're inspiring somebody through the things that you do or you post you know, however mundane it seems to you like you don't know whose yeah. views you are yeah that's a great point yeah and that that's another thing um that sort of ties into everything as well um because i think a lot of people um especially in the past but not as much now but like even so still a little bit today they sort of worry too much about like what other people think of what they do um 
and like they think like oh how is this how is this like artwork that i'm working on gonna like uh, how is it gonna come across to other people and such but the thing is well once you release a piece of art of any sort like you literally like release it from from yourself and it's no longer yours it like it, it belongs to everybody else um so at that point at that point it's no longer because it's no longer your art it belongs to like the like the planet in a sense which is like this almost hive mind of uh, instead of belonging to one person it now belongs to you know the yeah yeah potentially, yeah, potentially everyone yeah and potentially like you know people millions of years from now as well if uh it's somehow lost the test of time um, <laughs> so it's like surreal to think about in that in that regard it's like it's like you know like whoever like drew like I don't know, like five thousand years ago, created like a, a slate with hieroglyphs on in Egypt, and now, now we can write like fucking hieroglyphs as text on computers to each other, with, yeah. like send it across the world within like a millisecond. Yeah, these just... these people carving rocks back in, in ancient yeah. times have have essentially created a language. Well, they did create a language that you know is yeah. still possible to be used today. Yeah, but it's also like a, an art form as well. Yeah, and they would have never been able to comprehend like what what we could do with that down the road. Just like what we're what we're experiencing now, who knows what that what could happen with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Five thousand yeah. years from now. Yeah, so that's why I that's why that's another. You've probably seen me tweeting on like um, Twitter. Like I don't have any emotion for my art or my corporation or whatever. That's because I don't. As soon as I release something, like I've sort of mastered the, I've I've sort of like mastered my own emotion in this sense to the point where I can completely detach from it as soon as it's out, um, and it's like I don't consider it mine anymore. Um, unlike a traditional, that's not even a great way to put it, but unlike you know what you would normally consider to be a traditional, you know, music artist, where they put something out and then it's like promoted and it's you know yeah. you tour with it or you know whatever you do beyond that it's you know this you know a, a work of art from the artist and they own it it's yeah. basically once once you've done working on it and you've you've put it out and you've released it you could care less that it exists for you yeah definitely yeah and like it's done i'm done with it it's time to move on to the next project and that's i think that's probably why you see a lot of artists put out so many albums so quickly because they've they've done that work you know they're yeah, they're yeah. done with it it's not doing anything for them anymore yeah i think so yeah um like especially in like when you first start out as an artist um when you first start getting that sort of like critical acclaim and such like it's um it's definitely a big ego boost and it, so it gives you this sort of like emotional validation that um i guess is like natural to seek but yeah um once you've like experienced that enough times it's like it gets to the point where it's like it's not satisfying um if anything it's like sort of tedious um yeah which sounds like ungrateful but it's it's not me being ungrateful it's like me it's your process yeah yeah it's like me like evolving the way that i want to output stuff um because for you as an artist it's about making the art yeah yeah it's about it's about creating it and then just putting it out there and then you know i guess seeing what happens after that is uh what's interesting but um like obviously obviously because it's like also also it's my profession like i do want to make a, a living off it so yeah like obviously like i put I, I say like this hk compilation that i released a few weeks ago that on dream catalog um like obviously like, i made the cassette of that and uh, put it up for sale for like four or five pounds or whatever it was um but like if somebody say if somebody steals that and like remixes it into their own music or whatever that's not going to bother me in the slightest and similarly like if people have like a negative or positive reaction to it it doesn't really bother me either way either so like i don't have any like emotional hang-ups basically yeah. but, um, i think the fact that there is a reaction to it is yeah yeah know, good. yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know people are talking about it that's good but even then it's you know it doesn't matter yeah because like ultimately when you do like create any work of art like it's like all art is a communication so if you if you don't reach that communication to anyone um then it's sort of like a wasted effort but in that same sense even if you do reach one person and they like have a reaction to it 
um, then it, you know you have achieved something. So, so in that in that same sense, like I don't really care as much as I used to when I was younger, or even like a few years ago. I don't care as much now about you know like getting that sort of like widespread acclaim. Like I've sort of realized not that doesn't matter at all. Like I'm much more interested in this idea of um sort of like the global hive mind art and like the collective consciousness and all that kind of stuff that's like well more intriguing to me than you know like getting my name in a magazine or whatever bullshit like that's not something that i I really pursue in any sense no yeah well i i think it's it's been extremely interesting to hear you you talk about you know not just flap or or your music but just your your whole you know outlook on artwork and, and everything in, in, in this world that we live in. So it's, it's, uh, it's been great having you on here. I, I, you know, we all really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. I certainly have a better understanding of how, you know, you, you function as an artist and you know what you want to do. So you guys, do you, uh, do you have anything else before we, we wrap up here? We wanted to talk about. Honestly, I just really like seeing how the movement has inspired other artists. I see a lot of them talking about how they, really see themselves second guessing as much which is really cool um i think that whole like really raw take on the creative process and allowing it to go where it goes and just like sharing that is really cool because it's people just making it for themselves at that point and i think that's awesome it's really bringing people back to the art yeah definitely that you know that's exactly how like Vaporwave and Dream Catalog and even Hard Vapor all started off like that, you know, it's sort of like forming a culture like organically and just seeing where it goes together, like as a as a community as such. Um and like at this point, you know, like anyone can get involved because like there's no like egos or bullshit like that. Um it's sort of like when things sort of get rigid and solidified and like egos come into play, that's sort of when things get a bit shit in my opinion. Um, yeah. and like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying like that, like that's not something I've ever done either. Cause I, I've definitely got to that point myself, um, like years ago. Um, like, especially like, you know, when dream catalog started taking off big style and stuff like that, like, um, that was definitely something that, uh, gave me a bit of a ego boost, but also, I think like something to look out for for young artists is like not to not to worry too much about like emotional validation uh one way or the other like whether it's like positive or negative um like what what does matter is you know like this at least in my opinion anyway what does matter is um sort of like forming culture and art and stuff and working together because it's like it's the process itself that's enjoyable um more than anything and that's sort of like true of life as well i think yeah um, yeah some great so, advice yeah. there yeah so um so in that sense yeah like uh i guess like anyone can flap if they want to which is uh <laughs> which is cool <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like i like right like right now um like as in like today and like the last few days and probably the next week or two i'm sort of like uh sitting on the sidelines um like two weeks and flap is like pretty much a year almost so um (laughs) so i'm just i'm sort of like just watching at the moment and seeing what happens and like listening to the new stuff that comes out um so like if any if anyone's sort of interested in the musical side of things i i would recommend the uh air flap one compilation that just came out uh, last night Cool. We'll definitely we'll put a link into that in the description of the show for anyone to check out. So, All right, cool. uh, guys, anything else before we uh, wrap it up here? No, I think I'm good. I find his ideas pretty interesting, interesting, to be honest with you. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Anyway, it's been much appreciated. Yeah, thanks. No thanks, problem. Sam. Have a good day. Yeah, if you, if you ever want me to come back on to talk more about like Hawaii for um, Dream Catalog and stuff, I'm open to it. So just definitely whenever you feel like. All right, cool. All right, take it easy. All right, cool. Catch you later. So guys, takeaways from from M. What do you think? I honestly think that he's trying to do more than just make music or even make art. Like, I think he's trying to be a bit more ambitious, trying to find the truth of the universe, sort of like science or faith or culture in general, just trying to understand how humans work. It's pretty interesting how he's doing that. It's not just like, oh, some pretty sounds, but more like, 
this is what's going on. This is how I'm expressing myself. This is reality. Yeah, really, it's your head sheep. Oh, I'm sorry. I really like the uh, bringing art for art's sake back. That's something that's really important. The whole do it for yourself. That's interesting to see that coming back into art because I feel like he said like a lot of people are worried about how other people perceive things and that takes away from how they start to make things. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of, I mean, I think this is a, a like a trope of society where everyone's worried about what everyone else thinks when in reality, you know, for, for someone like him, art is therapeutic. It's not you know, something that he's creating for someone else. He's creating the, he's creating it emphasis on creating it for himself. Even if it's thrown away after the fact, I don't think it would really matter. It's just the actual act of creating it is what is important for him as an artist. And then the fact that anyone else can benefit from it is just a positive that comes out of that. Yeah. <laughs> what I really found interesting with it is, you know, I, I, I didn't understand flat. To say that I totally understand flap even after listening to that would be a stretch. But to me, this flap period that he is going through, and, and, it's, and this is specifically re re relating to his, uh, his body of work, I don't see necessarily his work, like the Dream Catalog stuff versus the M stuff versus the Hong Kong Express stuff, as, as different, as more as the, the art piece itself is M. It's him as a person. And... You know, from his early stuff that we don't even know about, but we just know that he did it to the different types of music that he's done to his take on Twitter and how he interacts with writing and everything else. It, it all kind of ties together. And the art project isn't so much just the music, but it is the person, if yeah. that kind of makes sense based on what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like almost like the avatar that has been created around it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And once you get like other people involved, it becomes sort of a culture and a society within the art. Basically, it reminds me of like an MMORPG or something. Forgive like the really weird metaphor here, but like it's a lot of people inputting their stuff, even if they throw it away afterward, to create something greater than it's originally yeah. was. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, that that went. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. That went way deeper than I thought it was going to. <laughs> I was very very pleased with with what he had to say and, and, you know, how he approaches everything. And it's a, a really interesting listen to just, just hear him, whatever he wants to talk about. So do you guys have anything, any last thoughts on this? Uh, not really. I'm excited to see what comes of it. You know, like he said, a couple of weeks is kind of like a year in the subgenre or not really subgenre, yeah, yeah. in its own genre entity. Like it's, it's obviously claimed it in such a short time. Like, just to see where it's going to be in a year to see like, you know, how people are going to, you know, move forward with it. If they start to make music videos, if they start to make their own form of visual aesthetic for it, like how that's going to work. That's what I'm super excited for. So. Yeah, it'll certainly be, certainly be interesting. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, some like, you know, like flies or insects that have like such a short lifespan you know, of, of days or even hours and stuff like that. It's almost like this within the overall existence of, of music. This could be like a blip on the radar or could pan out into something huge, but we don't know. And it's, it's interesting to see it evolve, you know, right in front of us, you know, within the past couple of weeks. So, well, cool guys. Uh, glad we were able to do this. Glad we were able to, uh, to, to get some clarity on flap and, and, and the background of M. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this sometime in the future uh, as, you know, maybe as it grows. So, you know, maybe we'll be back to, to go over this before we wrap up here. Just a reminder for everyone to, uh, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at private suite mag, uh, for the podcast, uh, Twitter at private suite pod, facebook.com slash private suite mag, Instagram at private suite mag patreon.com slash private suite mag where you can subscribe uh, for our patreon tiers also if you are enjoying the podcast if you are enjoying the show listening to us talk here uh, please go and um, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts but also leave us a review on either apple Podcasts or, or wherever you go that allows you to do read reviews that certainly helps us in the ratings it certainly help, helps, helps us get some visibility 
uh, in the podcast space. So that we greatly appreciate it if you are enjoying listening to us. And I guess that's going to wrap it up for us today. So thanks for joining and take it easy.